Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland. With me today is the guy that never delivers the beans, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I sometimes deliver the beans. You never deliver the beans. You always just leave them in a barn. Yeah, you're right. Delivering beans is boring. I know. Rather just build a scarecrow and a dugout. (laughs) I'm getting my dugout. (laughs) Well, today, Brandon, we have two very special guests from the Tape Store podcast. We have Toby and Brooke. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're good. Hey. We're happy to be here. (laughs) Yes, uh, very happy to be on the show. Are you guys ready to talk about some Are You Afraid of the Dark? (laughs) We are, actually. We haven't talked about Are You Afraid of the Dark since October, early November. Yeah. Like our... It's been too long for us. We talked about it on our uh, second and third episodes. Yes. We talked about the show as a whole, and then we talked about the reboot. So, yeah, we're... We are ready. It was my favorite show as a kid. It's been pretty incredible that this stuff has seen such a resurgence in popularity yeah everything from that decade and on did you guys see that there's going to be another season yes i think it's going to be a different cast too yeah i haven't talked to brandon about this too much but like i hope they do just because it'd be better if it's just the storyteller talking you know like like the original yeah, story instead of yeah, the old they model need to go stuff. back to the old model really the old model was yeah. good and the thing about it is if you do the Midnight Society right, because we love the Midnight Society, I think yeah. they were, for me, they were the best part of the show and you didn't see them that much. And I think that was the part of it that mm-hmm. it really left a lot to your imagination because you only saw just a little glimpse of them. You had such an interest in who they were. Yeah. And the stories were great, too. It all got mixed together with the the recent one. Like, it was it, good. But... It was good. But the problem was how wonderful it was in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I was I messaged Brandon. I was like, all right. We got another year of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, more material. The podcast goes on. (laughs) Yes. We're already like halfway done with season four now, so it's like, we're almost done. It feels like. Oh, man, we're getting there. It goes on. But let's head back to 1994. We just got done watching The Tale of the Room for Rent. Oh, man. Yes. I know I've seen it before, Brandon. He hasn't, and you guys, I'm sure, have. So let's ask Brandon first. What did you think of this episode? I thought it was goofy. That's so goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Toby and Brooke, what did you guys think of this? You probably haven't seen this in a while because I know um, I haven't. It was not one of the ones that I really remembered. Like I remember yeah. Curious Camera or Zebo, which is, I mean, I know it's the tale of the laughing in the dark, but I just call it Zebo <laughs> right. because exactly. he owns That's okay. that I whole think episode. everybody does. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what was funny is me and Brooke have been watching a lot of BBC lately. Yes. And everything on BBC is like 50 minutes to an hour and a half an episode. So we sat down and watched Are You Afraid of the Dark. It seems so quick. I was like, oh, like, it's so flies right what? by. <laughs> and then there's no commercials. So they're like 20 yeah. minutes. I know. We're uh, like, geez, how did this even yeah. resolve? No, I think the same thing because when I do my notes, it takes me like seriously two hours because I'm constantly just yeah. pausing and going back and listening exactly what they say and stuff. And then if I do like an Instagram live video or something where we watch an episode, I'm like, this is gone and over with in like a blink of an eye. What? What? What's what is this? right? It's so true. But what we thought of the story was that it was a lot of really deep emotional stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they only have twenty minutes, so they were hitting these plot points like scene by scene. It was like, yeah, th- you know, it was just <laughs> that, things like that. That I think was as we get into the story, which I'm sure we'll get into. But oh yeah, uh, I just was kind of like, man, they're cramming a lot of layered, like a really stuff. deep, intense story in twenty minutes. And so. They're basically, it was like Cliff's Notes of a two-hour movie. <laughs> but I thought it was kind of goofy, too, even though it did have some creepy moments. We're definitely going to talk about the actors. There's a lot of characters in this episode. Man, the main girl, though, 
She's not a very good actress. <laughs> no, I thought the same that, thing. That oh, poor Jessie. sweet thing. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Everybody else was all right. Main character, Jesse. Not so good. Yeah, we thought her friend was funny. Yeah, I liked her Brooke friend. Liked, yeah. Brooke liked the friend. Yeah, we definitely talk about him because I like to go into IMDb and, um, you know, explore who these people are. So see, Yeah, see if they've done anything I don't think else. you'll and be yeah, surprised. So. Yeah, we haven't done any research. <laughs> You guys want to get into this episode? (laughs) Probably just goosebumps. (laughs) All right, let's get into this thing. So the episode starts with Sam writing in a book on her lap in the campfire. The camera pans out and we see Tucker, Frank, and Betty Ann. They're sitting around the campfire. Sam is quite a ways away from them. Her notebook is totally lit up, which is really weird because she's not even pointing it at the campfire. I don't know how she's writing in that thing. This is like a theme in the show, though. Like (laughs) Sam or like somebody else will be doing something that requires direct light and they're not even pointing towards the campfire. That doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> no, bring a flashlight. Well, I think the way that they had set the scene up is if she had been there, well, we know she had been there at least five minutes because Gary, who I think would defend Sam in the end since he's totally in love with yeah. her. Right. It's like, you said that, like, they're all like, are you done yet? Yeah. And she's like, I'm almost done or whatever. It's like, you said that five minutes ago. <laughs> I was I like, wow, that. Gary, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was interesting that they don't, the Midnight Society doesn't really begin the conversation about what Sam's doing until... Everybody has to be there. Because Kiki's not right. there yet. Yeah, they, they address it. Kiki runs out of the path. She's out of breath. And she looks around and she says, okay, I'm here. Let's go. And then she runs and she takes her spot next to Tucker who gets up and he's like, well, who's going tonight? And then Sam says that she is, but she needs another minute. So then she goes and she writes down in her notebook some more. And we watch her write in that book. And I couldn't really see what it was because my copy sucks. But Brandon sent me... A picture of it and uh it's a very weird note honestly it says stuff like you know i'm always thinking about you and it's really weird yeah it's just a bunch of rambling about uh i love you i'm thinking about you you're the best and when i wa- was watching this the first time i thought she was writing a note to gary which made his like hurry up we're waiting for you thing even more crazy it's like dude She's writing you a love note. Just chill out. <laughs> okay, that's what, what's funny is, Brandon, is I also thought that Gary was the recipient of the letter. Because I also remember when Gary had a, a card to deliver to Sam. Yeah. 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 And I don't remember when that was. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he throws it into the fire. Yeah, that's until the Crimson Clown. Okay, well, yeah. he, why would he throw, why would he? Because he's yes. so suave that he doesn't need a stupid poem anymore. He could just go up and talk to her. <laughs> I guess, so yeah. Small. Plus, other I mean, apparently Tucker is just the worst. Always, like he's, he's better this though. season at least, but a little bit. Yeah, but not to get away from this one. But yeah, I thought, oh, she's writing to Gary. Maybe, maybe this is. I mean, it's been a while, but maybe this is another step yeah, in their story. I'm waiting yeah. for something to happen because they hinted at it and started developing it, and then just dropped it. I did not look at what she was writing. No. <laughs> Well, I gotta say, it's hard to read what she says anyway, because her handwriting is very sloppy. <laughs> we cut to Gary, who's who just annoyingly says, you said that five minutes ago. And Sam ignores it. She finishes up. And then she gets up and she walks over to the throne saying, sorry, my grandmother's birthday's coming up. And I've been putting off writing that card for weeks. <laughs> and she thought now was the best time? That's what I said. My, my thing is, if my grandma's birthday's... I love my... I, I love I loved my grandma's. <laughs> when they were here but i usually wrote the cards like 
in the car. Yeah. Yeah. On the way or parked. You pull, you pull up to grandma's house. You're like, hold on. That's what everybody the gets these out. days. I mean, is they get sloppy written like I'm juggling it on the, the steering wheel. <laughs> and then you got to think like, okay, I've written about as many of those cards. Yeah. To you're going to say the same. You're going to say the same thing. I got to find a different way to yeah. say the same thing. <sighs> I love it. Anyways. <laughs> it just makes no sense. I love you, Grandma. Yeah. Oh, shit. I said that last year. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> You're the best. No, You're she writes like a like uh, novel and her sloppily, too. Like, this grandma ain't going to be able to read this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Ann asks why, and Sam says that she's been really busy. She's been doing volunteer work at the library and United Hospital, and she just kind of forgot. But it's humble, bro. She just said that she's been putting it off for weeks, so that means she has it in her mind to do it. And now she's saying she forgot. Sam needs to get her story straight. It was kind of a humble brag way, too. It's like, well, right. guys, I've been saving well, the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been working on that cure for cancer, and, well, I had to stop so that I could write this letter to Grandma. Just in case anyone was deciding to judge me over neglecting to write my grandma right. card, <laughs> this is why. I love it. <laughs> we cut to Frank, who says, I hear you. Why do today what you can put off till tomorrow? And Sam shakes her head. She says, no, it's never good to leave something undone because you never know if you'll get a chance to finish it. And skeptic Frank, he furls his eyebrow and he says, uh, nothing so important that it can't wait. And Sam's all like, that's not true. What if there was something really important that you had to do, but something big kept you from doing it? And Frank asks, like what? And Sam says, the obvious, like maybe death. <laughs> and Gary... And he then... gets this huge smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I love death. Oh, my now God. I love it. I know. He was so excited. He's like, excited. what? Death? Now I'm interested. I know. Like, I've never seen him smile that big ever. He's... Not ever. He's, He's like, I hope yeah. everybody dies. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it didn't show a Betty Ann reaction, which I thought. No, which I would think she... that the Queen of Goth would be like, yeah. We've had a bizarre I'm lack of Betty Ann this season, honestly. She's had one story and they barely even show her. So, spoilers for season four, there's like a lack of Betty Ann. There was one episode where she was not acknowledged at all to the point where you didn't see her at all in like the opening yeah. campfire scene. And then when they tell the story and then when it's over... They don't show her, but she's there because I rewound. I said, now they didn't show Betty Ann at all, not even a reaction shot. Yeah. But you see her, she gets up and walks off with everybody. <laughs> I was like, I was like, screw you, what Betty am Ann. I doing here? She pissed somebody off. <laughs> Anyways, but no, we don't see her reaction. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I don't get it. She's the best character. Maybe they're like, all right, we need to give the other Midnight Society members a chance to shine a little bit. Betty Ann's yeah. just glowing in the corner. <laughs> she was definitely, yeah, she was our favorite too. Well, Sam says... Always say what you have to say and do what you have to do because if you don't, you might not get a second chance. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story The Tale of the Room for Rent. Alright, so this doesn't make sense for the story, honestly. No, yeah. because the exact opposite happens. Yeah. They do get a second chance. <laughs> they do but I also there's nothing wrong. that they want to say. They just want revenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean Mrs. Simpson wanted to say something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of a. They were. That was a. It, it was definitely not a things left unsaid issue. It was more just a. Miss everyone Sim has weird information, and here's something that's going to happen. It's with also all of it. just Miss Simpson. <laughs> well, her name is Sarah. She just did not do a good job telling Being a human. the person oh that God, she right? agreed. Yeah, well, I don't want to get. To, <laughs> she yeah. just wasn't a good human. I don't want to. I don't want to bust open like the the, the real yeah, you yeah. know intense parts of the plot like too early but 
just say what you mean. Yeah. Okay, I guess I can understand that now because, yeah, if Sarah Simpson just spoke up, then this episode wouldn't exist. <laughs> no. But I agree with that. It, it doesn't seem to go along with uh, Sam's buildup, uh, which generally gives this their little speech before they throw the powder on the fire. Yeah. Is generally what, what the message of the story is or kind of setting the stage for what's going to be happening in the story. It didn't really fit. A lot of times they don't, honestly, which is fine. That's okay. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that was just a, a, a writer versus, you know, what they were writing as far as the campfire scene versus what ended up happening with the show. There was definitely a disconnect there. Yeah. yeah. Well, our story starts with some girl who's raking up some grass. It looks like she's mowing the lawn without a bagger. So she's got to do twice the work, which is always lame. <laughs> oh, you mean a bag on the lawnmower or is a bagger like another person that you have with you? No, like a, a bagger on the lawnmower. <laughs> She's just cutting oh, it up okay. and shooting all this <laughs> like dead grass everywhere. Now she's got to rake it all up too. She's not very smart. I don't know why I'm thinking like it's like a golfer has a caddy. Like yeah, I've got a bagger here. He's great. We've been doing this I mean, like twenty years. That's why I made a kid. I would, so I would I could have a bagger later in life. Right. <laughs> we get a voiceover from Sam saying that Jesse Dixon was the kind of girl who liked to keep busy. She did a lot of volunteer work in town. And I was like, just like Sam. Oh, hmm. boy. That sounds a lot like yeah. <laughs> Self-inserting herself in the story. And she was so humble and selfless and smart and pretty and popular. And everyone loved her. <laughs> she also took all sorts of odd jobs. Taking care of Miss Simpson's yard was one of them. And we cut over to Miss Simpson, who was reading the palm of some dude. And she's like, this is your heart line. And she starts reading more into his palm or whatever. But Sam's voice cuts into that, and you can't hear her. So Sam explains that Sarah Simpson lived alone, and most people in the town thought that she was a little bit eccentric. And then Sarah then kidney punches this guy, saying he's got a lot of obstacles keeping him from finding his true soulmate. And this guy looks, like, heartbroken. (laughs) I loved it. She just doomed him to a life of loneliness. (laughs) I know. The first thing I noticed, the sign outside of Miss Simpson's house. So when we were watching it together, I said, Brooke, Tell me what you see when 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 it pans out or when it's the scene outside of her house with the sign. I said, yeah. what, just see if you notice anything. And Brooke immediately. So what the heck is this? Like, yeah. what is that? Why don't even know what the word is? Yeah, it took me a minute, too. So we move back with Jesse, who walks up to Sarah's house. She stops for a moment, and then she walks away and walks to her bike. And the camera pans up, and we look at the sign for Sarah Simpson's anagogic readings. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yes. I Googled yeah. it, and Google that was didn't what, even know. Does anyone know what that means? <laughs> I'm assuming it's like, I don't know, spiritual readings or something, but Google didn't even know. So what are you doing, Sarah Simpson? <laughs> and that was what Brooke was like, what the heck? I, know, I was this? like, I don't understand what 90s child is going to look at this and be like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Like, Not anagogic <laughs> readings. This is no good. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, me being 14, as 94, I can't imagine going, oh, crap, anagogic readings. This is going to be a good one, guys. <laughs> I know. <Just> sit back. <laughs> anagogic. I don't know. But to I me, just, I'd be like, oh, I'm out. Like, I, I, I just care. remember going, okay, that's going to go over. Anybody say, unless it's like maybe in Canadian culture, that's something. Unless well, they maybe call it instead Maybe of, so. Just a couple episodes, we did have uh, back in the tale of Carter's Treasure Part 2, the coiffure for like barbershop. And I think we made mention that that's like, what the fuck is that? Like. No kid knows what that is. Right. But anagogic readings is like literally nothing. <laughs> Sarah Simpson is just 
flat out telling she everybody that comes in that she's like she's a fraud. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if it's like, well, I'm just gonna call it this. People think, oh, this is something different, right? Exactly. Well, it, it brought that guy in. <laughs> they get sucker punched in the face. He got, with he got her news. one customer. <laughs> Back with Jesse, she's riding her bike down the road, and Sam tells us that she lived with her grandpa Samuel, and they were good buddies as long as Jesse didn't track mud into the house or leave the windows open in the rain. And we watch Jesse; she just dumps her bike on the ground, and she runs into the house. As Sam tells us that Samuel has been sick lately, so they moved his bed downstairs so he didn't have to climb the stairs so much. And Jesse walks into the room, and Grandpa Samuel's there. He flips a sign over that says "Room for Rent," and Jesse takes one look at that shit, and she says, "Oh, Gramps." And Gramps tells her that renting out the room is the easiest way to make some money till they can get back to work. And we watch Gramps. He's got this super small paintbrush. He's brushing away at the sign like there's something on this paintbrush. And I'm just like, okay, apparently Gramps has dementia too. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, I remember there was a scene where it's over Gramps' shoulder while he's got yeah, the sign. Yep, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and it looks like it's like nail polish. Yeah. He's like just flecking like, it on there. He's just he's like dusting the sign off with this small ass little paintbrush. That he, yeah, that he like, yeah, that he like bought from Ace Hardware. Like he, it's, it, it already was pre-made room for rent yeah. sign. Seriously, it was not crafted in any <laughs> he's way. Putting his little Grandpa Samuel seal of approval on it. Jesse tells him that she doesn't want some stranger living in their house, and Gramps agrees. But Jesse tries to protest, and Gramps ain't having that shit. He tells her that some things you just gotta do. And he hands Jesse the sign, and then she takes it outside. So we zip outside, where we hear Jesse just hammering that sign down into the ground, and we watch another kid on a bike roll over to Jesse and say, Come on, we're going to miss the first part of the movie, and I hate missing the... And she stops. She looks at the sign for the room for rent and says, Hey, you're renting a room? And Jesse tells her that she doesn't want to talk about it. So she throws down the hammer, she runs into the house, and the other kid's like, Right. And then she just rides away. <laughs> Camera lingers on the sign for a moment. <laughs> And we cut to another scene. But I think we should take a moment. We got like a bunch of characters here. Let's let's take a look and see who these people are. First up, we have the main character, Jesse Dixon. And she's played by Allison Hildreth, who um, we talked about this earlier. She's not a very good actress. And wouldn't you know it, she's only accredited for one other entry. And it's called Life Breath, a movie from 1997. That's it. <laughs> Life Breath. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Promising. One or two more things than she deserves. I mean, she's more famous than like any of us are, but (laughs) but still. (laughs) Right. That's fair. (laughs) Next up, we have I have Sarah Simpson, and you know when I seen her, I was like, I recognize her. Her name is Sheena Larkins in real life, and she's an Are You Afraid of the Dark veteran because she was Nanny in The Lonely Ghost. She was Boss Hag in Watchers Woods, and we're. We're going to see her again. <laughs> Spoilers, Brandon. <laughs> She's coming they back. They have one old lady for the show. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, we cut Miss Clove already, so guess we got to use Nanny for everything. She's been in a lot of TV shows. Most recently, she played a judge in Trailer Park Boys. I think it was in t- 2016 or 2018. Never seen the show. I heard good things about it, though. Next up, we have Grandpa Samuel. He's played by the late Walter Massey, who worked on the TV show Arthur from 1996 until he died in 2014 he played principal herbert hanny i guess i don't know i've never seen arthur before nope it looks like he was also in a zombie movie called zombie nightmare from 1987 that i've never heard of but now i want to watch that was before the big walking dead resurgence of the zombie oh yeah i think that's on the downward like slope now though yeah it is i think so so finally 
We have the other girl on the bike. Her name's Alex, and she's played by Melissa Altro, who is best known for voicing Muffy Crosswire on Arthur. So oh. we got this Arthur, from Arthur. shebang going on. <laughs> she should have played the main kid. She seems like she's she, funny. I she agree. Was, yeah, she was. She was better. She was a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, she had layers to her acting. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, she just was. Um, she was um, more entertaining. She had more of a personality. Yeah, I was wondering if Arthur was still going on or not. I, I didn't bother looking it up. It but. is, is it, actually. It, I think it, is they're it still, still going? turning out new episodes. Because she was credited from 1996 till 2019, so I didn't Jeez. know if it ended or not. You know, when hey, she man, showed she up, gig going. I actually thought she was the same girl who played Sissy Vernon in Oh my God, Old Man yeah, Corcoran. Yeah, me too. Corcoran. Oh, yeah. Cor- 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 yeah. yeah. It's about the kids. Yeah, she gave off a similar vibe. No, but I don't know if we said it or not, but Sissy Vernon from Old Man Corcoran was Kathy from Laughing in the Dark. Okay. Yes. We yeah. just watched Laughing in the Dark the yeah, other day. We so just watched it again mind. the other day. Yeah. And that's, that's like both of our all time favorite episodes. So sorry you had to come on for Room for Rent and Laughing <laughs> in the Dark. <laughs> It's all good. It's just good in different ways, a different kind of good. Talking about the weaker episodes is just as fun as talking about the really strong ones. Sometimes it's more fun, honestly. Yeah. This girl, Melissa Altro, she also played a girl named Gretchen in a show called Camp Lake Bottom from 2013 to 2017. She's in a lot of stuff. She's a a great actress, I guess. Yeah, good for her. It seems (laughs) like she actually has a craft, yeah. Yeah, she was she was fun to watch. The other one was like just there. She she, has emotions. Yeah, (laughs) she had like some spunk to her, yeah. She has more to her character than just like wide eyes staring at stuff, which is good. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, back to the episode. We're outside. It's nighttime. Jesse and Alex are pedaling down the road. Jesse's like, It was so cool when the zombie came to life. And Alex said, But the best was when the corpse started eating the people. Nah, that's entertainment. She sounds like she was trying to concentrate on like not crashing her bike, but still delivering the line. And I just, (laughs) it was wonderful. Skills. It's like she couldn't do two things at once. The girls get off their bikes, and Jesse's like, "Whoa, I got to pick up my lawn money from Miss Simpson at like eleven o'clock at night." Right. Good job. <laughs> yeah, nine o'clock at night. The girls take a long look at her house, and Alan looks over at Jesse, and and she's saying that the house gives her the creeps. But Jesse just shrugs and tells her to wait here for her. And Alex is like, "All alone? Forget it." So she follows <laughs> Jesse up the steps and through the porch of Miss Simpson's house. The two girls, they look into the house through the, the door's window, and there's just candles lit everywhere. It's a huge fire hazard. There's this roaring yeah, yeah. fire in the fireplace. Especially it's Especially if you're sleeping. Yes. Oh, my God. Because we look over, and we see Miss Simpson. She's just sitting in her chair with her eyes closed. Yeah, it's super She's weird. She's got, like, a million candles lit. She wants, like, insurance money, or she's, like, looking to die <laughs> or something. I don't know. She's crazy. Alex asks what she's doing, and she says that this shit's whack. Yeah. And that they should get out of there. But the clock strikes 9 p.m. and this beam of light, like a stage light, just pops on right next to Either that or uh, E.T.'s coming back. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's this, like, blue glowing ghost, and, and it, like, floats down, arms flapping like a bird. Yeah. Like, that it was incredible. Weird. I know. Some of these shows, it makes you wonder, like, okay, if you want to get into, like, a basic, there's a heaven where, I guess, good people go. Or a hell where bad people go. This show made me wonder. I was like, okay, so what exactly is going on in heaven? Like, are they just kind of like, oh, I want to, I want to leave, want to go back to Earth and figure something out? All right, I guess that's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm being summoned by um, an anagogic reading woman. 
gotta go. I see an opening. It's the ninth hour, the ninth month, the ninth. I guess on, in, in that moment, <laughs> nobody cares what's going on up there. You just did it. I'm coming guys... down from heaven to murder. <laughs> <laughs> the two girls, they just watch this guy materialize, and he starts walking over to the door. He phases right through the the wall of the house, not even noticing the girl staring at him. He walks down the stairs, and then he just disappears into the yard. And the girls look at each other, and they scream. When that, when that happened, when he disappeared, Brooke goes, "Okay, well that just happened." Like, <laughs> no, like because, okay, neat. Yeah, she, yeah, you're like, oh, that's neat. It. it just, it was just kind of a thing. I wrote in my notes. I wrote, "The ghost guy had slacks." Yes. I looked at the way he was dressed, and I was like, "His pants were pulled way up." I said, "I bet he's from a different time." Yeah. And I thought that because yeah. the slacks are like glorious. <laughs> We cut inside to Jesse's house. Gramps is sitting at the table, sipping some coffee, and then in pops the two girls, and Jesse screams out, Grandpa, as Alex checks the windows, and Gramps is like, what the hell, ladies? You look like you just seen a ghost. And Alex turns around, and she says, bingo. I saw it with my own eyes. And she quickly turns and chugs some water? Or not. Brooke, <laughs> I was like, she just takes a she shot just take of a vodka? shot. I don't know what exactly. she's doing. <laughs> yeah, Brooke said that. She goes, because uh, I'd I, I looked down or something. I did. Yeah, and Brooke said, it, you eventually. missed it. You need to rewind it. She goes, she like takes a shot. Like with, yeah. with the confidence of like a 40 year old woman who's seen some stuff, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, night. all right. Like, I'm with you. Like, that. that's exactly how I would take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Gramps is all like, you saw what? And Jesse says, a ghost. And Gramps asks if this is a joke, and Jesse gives this terrible line read saying, It's no joke. It came through Miss Simpson's ceiling. It walked through the walls. <laughs> and Alex adds in, Right through. And Gramps says, Miss Simpson? Well, that explains it. What was the good lady doing when all this was going on? And Jesse tells him that she was sleeping in some kind of trance. And then Gramps grills her, asking her what she was doing over there at this time of night. And Jesse explains that they were coming home from the movies. And Alex pipes up saying that they saw a double feature, the dead walk, and the dead walk again. And Gramps is like, he's got this shit figured out. He, he says, no wonder you two have let your imaginations run away with you. And he laughs and he gets up and he walks away as Jesse tells him that it was real. But Gramps says that they've spent too much time at Miss Simpson's. She's as crazy as a June bug with her palm readings and her tea leaves and her mumbo jumbo. And her anagogics. Exactly. Her anagogic readings. <laughs> yeah. Just... Jesse tries to say that that's not what it was, but Gramps ain't having that shit. He's all, look, I don't know what you two girls are trying to pull here, but it's not going to work. Not with me anyway. And he laughs at them. <laughs> I try to put myself in the shoes of these parents and these adults yeah. that the kids run to and it, say, yeah. this just happened. But at the same time, I put these grownups give kids no credence. I mean, even like no. a really good clean cut kid like Jesse, her and her friend have similar overlapping stories and you wouldn't even just think, there's not anything to it. They didn't see anything weird. Yeah. Uh, you guys just saw a movie and... Grown-ups just... are the enemy, and children save the day, usually, in these stories. I feel like putting myself in their shoes, I feel like even if I was close to Gramps' age, because I have a pretty vivid imagination, I would at least think, eh, they probably saw something weird. Yeah. Yeah, they're clearly scared. I would just dismiss them and be like, shut up. <laughs> right. You are a child. You know nothing. <laughs> you would be a perfect adult for Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> if they asked me, I'd play an adult in the, in the next season. I'd be like, all right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the scene switches. It's daytime. It's probably the next day. We get a shot of that sign of the room for rent again. Then we pop inside and Jessie's walking downstairs. She's got some sweet suspenders on for some reason. <laughs> 
She borrowed them from Grandpa. <laughs> she walks past the door. And Brooke pointed and she that stops. out. She pointed the suspenders out. I was like, all right, it's, it's a choice. Yeah, that's pretty incredible, honestly. <laughs> I don't right. know why. Like, she doesn't need suspenders. She's not, like, an overweight grandpa, but she's got <laughs> no, them Like, she's making a fashion choice, and I'm like, okay, I'm and here for it. Yeah, and they're the suspenders that you have to have the pants that have the buttons in them. <laughs> Again, like... Yeah. She, she just clamped on suspenders to her, like, blouse or whatever the hell she's got on. I don't know fashion. I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she slowly turns, and we see the ghost dude from before standing outside the door. He slowly looks up at her and smiles, saying, I'm here about the room for rent. And Gramps pops up out of nowhere and says, wonderful, as we look at Jesse, who's still, like, all wide-eyed. Let's finish up introducing the cast for the characters here, because we got this guy now. His name sure. is John Browning, that he gives originally to grandpa and he's played by andreas Aper apergis i don't know how to say his name it's probably french or something apergy i don't know i don't know how to say his name but he also yeah. has a very extensive filmography he's done voice work at video games with a name like that i figure he's probably like i was born for the stage <laughs> well i think he did a lot of french french canadian stuff but yeah. he his his voice is featured in a lot of the assassin's creed games um tom clancy's oh, ghost okay. recon hmm. oh, he cool. plays somebody named colonel sanders in x-men days of future past somebody named colonel sanders okay. i don't think it's the, the colonel sanders we all know and love but <laughs> he is a colonel sanders <laughs> serving up some fried chicken <laughs> he's in a lot of stuff though a lot a lot of stuff Everybody has this incredible career except for the girl that plays Jesse. Well, right. I, I will say that uh, the character of Browning, he did seem to to be good at acting. He yeah. did seem to. I thought he did good. He's intense. Yeah, he had like a range. Yeah. Even though he never made yeah, it. Yeah, he was intense. He was a little he, scary. He made no attempt of, at acting like a normal dude. Right. That's no, true. not even a little bit. That's the first thing I noticed. <laughs> Stands there at the door. Like, I wouldn't even invite that guy in. No. But he's just. <laughs> doesn't care i would think whatever clothes he gathered before he left the, yeah. the heavenly realm nothing that fits the time i would think you'd want to fit in and he's be got a, re- a job to do he's not trying to blend he's not trying to be here <laughs> he's there for a reason i need one day all right so gramps walks up to this guy they go over to the kitchen and he offers him a seat he's asking him what his name is he tells him that it's john browning and Gramps asks if they've met before because he looks familiar. But John smiles and he says, no, I don't think so. And then Gramps offers John a cup of bomb-ass tea. But John doesn't drink tea. And Gramps agrees. Tea's shit. He says that he's a coffee <laughs> man himself. Doctors tell him to cut back on the coffee on account of the heart condition. But it seems like Grandpa doesn't take that shit seriously. So whatever. John's like, oh, you seem healthy to me. And Gramps is like, oh, I am. It's just... I got to take it easy for a while. No lifting or walking upstairs. And then he explains that's why he's renting out the room. He tells the dude, it's a big room, fully furnished. And while he's he's doing this, we cut over to Jesse, who's miming like, no, no, don't do it. And she's waving her hands and stuff for Gramps to see it. And Gramps looks over at her very obviously. So John looks over his shoulder, but Jesse ducks around the hallway or whatever. And John tells Gramps that it sounds ideal. And he sets some money on the table and Grandpa smiles. He takes the money as we hear a knock on the door. I kind of got a little bit of a problem with that, though, because this guy is spoilers a ghost, and he <laughs> is not supposed to be able to interact with stuff. True. And yet he's just slapping money on the table. Yeah, ghost I money. Think he sits in a chair, doesn't he? He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't fall yeah, through it. I mean, ghost logic is weird because 
They're never, like, sinking through the floor. So they can interact with some things. Well, at the door is Alex, and Jesse tells her not to move, and then she closes the door in her face, and Jesse <laughs> runs back over to the kitchen, and Graham says, Ah, Jesse, this is Mr. Browning. Would you show him to the room, please? And Jesse asks, Just like that? I mean, he just got here. Gramps tells her that he's a good judge of people, right in front of this guy, who walks by Jesse smiling like a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. No exactly. effort at acting like... A normal person. Someone that, no. yeah. <laughs> Jesse walks away and this guy follows her. Up in the room, Jesse opens up the door and John walks around for like two seconds and Jesse tells him that she's got to go. She walks away, but then she looks back in the room spying on this guy and we watch John look at a picture of Gramps back in his black and white air piloting days or something he tries to pick up the frame but his hand phases right through it and jesse watches this whole thing with wide eyes which i'll probably say a lot in this episode she just stares at stuff with the biggest eyes yeah she really has to she really has to sell those reactions she runs downstairs and and we see gramps he's counting his money and she grabs his arm and she says that's him that's the ghost we saw come out of miss simpson's ceiling and gramps is like oh come on jesse making up stories isn't going to change anything now we need the money, so Mr. Browning stays, and I don't want to hear another word about it. And Jesse walks away defeated as Gramps stashes the money in his pocket. Who knows how much money it was. Yeah, right? <laughs> this guy doesn't know, like, inflation rates. Uh, I guess someone in the heavenly realm let him know, like, you're going to need about 300 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to exact your murder plot, God is just like, here's your money. <laughs> Good luck. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your local psychic. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our show. Whether you're a newbie or a seasoned fan, we appreciate you spending time with us and laughing with us through every episode. If you're interested in supporting the show and getting cool rewards, visit patreon.com slash private island and become a patron today. At any tier, you'll get instant access to early release episodes and be sent a sticker. I'd like to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, and the Bronze Beth, Angela, and newest member, Shane. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Brandon and I greatly appreciate it. Looking for more laughs? We create a ton of content for you to enjoy on our Twitter and Instagram accounts. Give us a follow at PRVT Island on Twitter and Private Island Presents on Instagram. We have more Are You Afraid of the Dark content than anyone else with new posts almost every day. We make our own GIFs, memes, videos, character bios, and so much more. We do watch parties every Monday on our Instagram, so come and join in on the fun. Season 4 is almost done for us, and we need your help. Every time we're finished with the season, we like to hold a mini Ask Us Anything section, and we're in need of some questions. Do you have a question for us about podcasting, about our show? Please send them our way. You can get a hold of us on any of our social media accounts, or send us questions directly to us through email. That's privateislandpresents at gmail.com. As always, we love answering your questions or reading your stories every season. The show wouldn't be the same without you. For a link to all of our socials, the merch store, YouTube, and so much more, check out the episode description for the Linktree link. For those interested in the editing process, I do live stream editing on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash privateislandc. If you're a podcaster working with Audacity and want to grow your editing technique, take a look and follow along. I have a lot of fun blending in the clips from the actual episodes of the show, and I'd love to show you how to do it. This week is our one-year anniversary for the show. I can't believe we've already been doing this for a year now. Thank you so much for sticking with us and laughing through every episode. We're a little over halfway done with the original run of the show, but with another season being made, our podcast will continue to see the show to its end. 
To help us grow, please tell somebody about our show. Word of mouth is huge for podcast growth, and we would really love to make more people laugh. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. We had such a great time this episode with our guests Toby and Brooke from the Tape Store Podcast. I highly recommend checking out their show. They do a nice and wholesome 80s and 90s nostalgia podcast where they cover all of your childhood favorites like A Muppet's Christmas Carol, Beetlejuice, their favorite toys growing up, and so much more. There will be a link to their show in the description to the episode. That's all for now from me. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. It's been a really awesome year, and I can't wait to see what we have in store for our second year. Bye, everyone. Now, we go back to the front door. Jesse opens it up, and Alex is still standing there, and she says, I didn't move. And it's like, yeah, we see that. Jesse motions for her to come over here, so the girls take, like, two steps out the door, and she tells Alex that he's here. And Alex asks who, and Jesse tells her it's the ghost. He just rented our room. And Alex turns to walk away, but Jesse grabs her, grabs her hand, asking her where she's going. And Alex is like, as far away from here as I can get. What are you going to do? Jesse's like, well, what we are going to go do is talk to Mrs. Simpson. <laughs> and she walks away, and Alex follows her. Just pulls her right into it, like, what we are going to yeah. do. Alex doesn't have, like, a life or anything, so that's all right. She's like, I guess this is what I'm doing today. <laughs> we cut to Miss Simpson, who's doing some gardening. She's picking some pink flowers or whatever. She's crouched down, and she says, my ceiling? He came through my ceiling? And the girls nod as Mrs. Simpson gets up, asking if it was 9 o'clock. And Alex says, exactly, we heard the clock bong. Best line in the show. <laughs> right. So what's funny is in my notes, I put in all caps, we heard the clock bong. Miss Simpson raises her fist in victory, saying that it worked. And the girls say, what worked? In unison. And Miss Simpson says, well, I was doing a welcoming meditation for an event known in the psychic world as the opening. It happens at the ninth hour of the ninth day of the ninth month. It's an opportunity for the spirits to come back and complete something that they left undone in life. And Alex says, kind of like a second chance. And Miss Simpson points at her, saying, precisely. But they only have until midnight at the next full moon to complete their task. Alex asks when the next full moon is, and Miss Simpson stares at her for a moment and then says, tomorrow night. Jesse's like, that's not much time. Convenient. (laughs) For real. Miss Simpson agrees, saying, yeah. And to make things more difficult is that in spirit form, they have no physical power. So in order to accomplish anything, they have to find a human body to inhabit. And Jesse tells her, maybe you should come and see the guy. And Miss Simpson shakes her head, saying, I don't think your grandfather would like that. Besides that, I should stay. Girls ask why, and she says that the spirit must return through the same portal. He'll be back, and I want to be right there. That was a lot of exposition, very quickly. A good bit of episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, they go really well as far as their pacing. Not a lot of exposition. But in this case, it was a lot of that, because this was a really deep story. Well, and none of the story would make sense without the exposition. Like, right. Some of the stories are just like, ooh, things are happening. But this one, you need the backstory. But my thing yeah. is, is that Miss Simpson is really doing the world a disservice because right. she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to host this little opening event. And what yeah. we, what if some idiot psycho killer right. is like, oh, this is my chance. Miss Simpson's <laughs> got the door open. I'm going to go and screw stuff I'm up. I'm going to go kill th- those innocent people I didn't get a chance to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It just was like. I love it. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> like, she just opens up a portal to another dimension it doesn't tell anybody, lights all these candles and everything, and she's just like, oh, it worked, cool. 
<laughs> Miss Simpson. Yeah. She yeah. just sleeps through the whole thing anyway. What's the point? I know. I know. All around. <laughs> she didn't even ar- know. <laughs> She's like, oh shit, I summoned a ghost? Dope. <laughs> right. <laughs> My anagogic things are working. All around terrible person, Miss <laughs> Simpson. I love it. We switch scene. Jesse's got a a glass to her ear. She's trying to like listen through the walls of the room. Does that even work? I've never done it before. I, I think I tried it when I was a kid. And I just remember being like, I think it works better if I just press my whole ear, like suction your ear to the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's trying to listen into that room that was previously for rent. And she's got her PJs on and Alex is sitting next to her. Jess is complaining that she can't hear anything. And Alex says, it's three in the morning. He's asleep. And Jesse argues saying ghosts don't sleep. And Alex is like, says who? Jesse's like, everyone. So Alex turns over to go to sleep, but Jesse jumps on her and saying, you can't go to sleep. And Alex is like, you want to bet? And Jesse's all like, what would happen if he tries to take over your body? And Alex then says that you could wake me up. And Jesse suggests that they go downstairs to get something to eat so that they can get a second wind. But Alex says she doesn't want to do, she doesn't want a second wind. She wants to go to sleep. So Jesse just pulls her out of bed anyway. And the, the two girls go downstairs. They look at a curtain that's covering the doorway to Grandpa Samuel's room. And it's got this odd blue glow under it and jesse asks what's going on so they i don't know they just go in anyway like he could be watching porn or something like who knows <laughs> three o'clock 3 in the morning all kinds of crazy shit yeah because yeah, you know that blue glow is like the general glow that the tv gives for some <laughs> yeah. reason yeah exactly i, I remember yes. when i was a kid and i'd be in bed and it was from my doorway i slept with the door open so from my door i could see my parents and they kept their mm-hmm. door open for some reason. I don't know if just to circulate the air or whatever, but it would be like a bluish glow. Yeah. And I would always hate when they would turn their TV off because I'd be like, all right, now it's just me up. <laughs> and now I, yes. I watched Unsolved no, Mysteries. No, that's exactly my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched Unsolved Mysteries a couple of hours ago. And I'm pretty so I'm sure not okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other conversation about why Unsolved Mysteries was so terrifying. But that blue glow. Yeah. It was TV. These girls, they don't care at all. They just like break into grandpa's private room and they look and look and see what's going on. But I guess it's okay because there's this blue glowing ghost dude that's just hovering slightly above him. It's definitely not okay. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> definitely not. His, his ghost hand like phases into grandpa's chest and then Jesse screams, no! And the ghost looks at for her for a moment and Alex yells for them to run. So the girls do just that. They run back upstairs into Jesse's room. They push the dresser in front of the door like that would stop this ghost dude from walking in. Right. Brooke, Brooke pointed that out. Brooke said, he's a ghost. He's just going to like. I was like, sweetheart, like you've already, you've, you've even already established that he's a ghost. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> like, unless you've like put holy water or some weird, I don't know what unless ghosts it, don't unless, like. Unless it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work. So they're in bed now, and they, they think they're safe for some reason, even though they already watched this ghost just phase in and out of walls and whatever. But out of the doorway phases the ghost dude. He just pretty suddenly and menacingly tells the girls not to stand in his way, and then he just phases back out of the door. <laughs> okay, so for us, that was actually a creepy moment. I was like, okay, that at least was, I think, one scary moment in the film. I mean, yeah. in, the, in the show. I agree. Uh, so it's I think, it, good. you know, if I were 13 or 14, I'd be like, oh, whoa, okay. Uh, you know, it'd be pretty intense. <laughs> he doesn't make a sound or anything. He just, like, pops out and is like, stop it. And then he goes back. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't do anything more after that. But, again, for what I felt was one of the weaker episodes as far as a 
scare value. It's not a memorable episode. It's not. And and it's eerie slash creepy value is not high at all. I would give it like a two. And (laughs) that is mainly because of that particular scene there. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, Alex, she turns to Jesse saying that she's definitely not going to be sleeping over again. And Jesse says, it doesn't want her. It wants Gramps. Miss Simpson said it. A spirit has to take over a body to do what it needs to do. We got to warn him. The girls race out of the room, back into Grandpa's room. He's sleeping on his side, just like how they left him, and they assault this poor old man. <laughs> they shake him awake. He asks what's going on, and Jesse tells him that a ghost is after him. And then he takes out his earplugs or something and asks again what's going on. Jesse's like, the ghost tried to take your body. But Gramps doesn't believe it, and, and Jesse says, it's true, we can prove it. And Gramps is pretty grumpy about this, but the scene switches. Now we're up in his old room, where John should be. They knock on the door and open it up, and we see John's not there. So Graham says, oh, he's not there. <laughs> and then he goes in, and he looks around the room, and he opens up the closet, and he gives the girls a jump scare. Uh, and then he laughs about it, saying, two could play at this game. He tells the girls to go back to bed. No more games. He leaves. The girls stay back up for a moment, and they say, well, maybe he is in the closet. So they walk over, they open it up, and a basket containing pictures falls out and scares them. But nothing else is in the closet. So Jesse kneels down to look at these pictures and we hear Grandpa yelling at them to go to bed. So the girls scramble to pick that shit up and then they close the door. Now we switch scenes. We're outside the house. It's daytime and we, we can see that the girls' bikes are just laying about everywhere. They don't give a shit about those bikes. <laughs> Which is crazy because that was like how you got around back in the day. You took care of that crap. They do not. They just dump them wherever they'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> On the porch, Jesse and Alex are sleeping in the chair. And Alex is twitching like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brooke was like, what was it? I was yeah. like, is she okay? Yeah, is she wrong? possessed? I thought she was being possessed in that moment. <laughs> and I was like, this is this is changing. The story's changing right now. <laughs> <laughs> just turns out that uh, Alex is an idiot. Right. She just twitches like a dog. I don't know. Out walks Grandpa, who slowly walks up to the sleeping girls. And he's wearing like these pants, so you kind of think it's the, the ghost guy. Yeah, the but... Slacks. Slacks. It's the slacks. <laughs> yeah. Alex snaps awake, saying, Get away from me. And Gramps laughs, and Jesse asks where he's going, and Gramps says, The same place I go every Sunday, the Legion Hall. <laughs> Shouldn't be gone more than a couple hours. And Alex is like, Well, at least he'll be safe there. We move over to Miss Simpson's house, where she's like, The ghost was trying to get into his body? <gasps> this is wonderful. And Jesse tells her, No, it's not. <laughs> we gotta stop him. Alex asks if she can put a curse on him or something, but Miss Simpson says, Nah, that's not how it works. And Jesse tells her that Gramps has been sick and she's worried that it'll hurt him. Alex takes a look at this old picture and she looks over at Jesse and she says, Jesse, you've got to see this. So Jesse moses her way over to that picture and Alex asks her if she can recognize, recognize anyone. Anybody? Jesse's like, sure, that's Grandpa, Mrs. Simpson, and that's him. It's a ghost. More exposition. Oh. It's great. Yeah. Miss Simpson pops up and she says, it can't be him. That's my fiance, Jacob. Alex looks at her saying, you were going to marry a ghost? And Miss Simpson chuckles saying, oh, heavens, no. We were going to be <laughs> married right after the war, but I fell in love with someone else. I was going to tell Jacob when he returned, but he never made it back. Jesse's like, Grandpa knew him? And Miss Simpson says, Jacob and Samuel were in the Air Force together. During a mission, their plane was hit. Your grandpa ordered Jacob to put on a parachute and jump, but the parachute failed. Golly. Jacob was only 20 years old. Jesse says, that's horrible. It's Grandpa's fault that Jacob died. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
what would make you come to that conclusion? He didn't know it was a like a <laughs> bum parachute. Again, Miss Simpson is the worst. She's the worst, and and the and the and, she's and she's really bad. the center of this whole mess. And not yeah. only was she causing issues when they were young, but now she's opening up doors and letting these idiots back on Earth to bring up this crap again. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. Alex is like, unfinished business, an eye for an eye. He's come back for revenge. And Jesse says that they got to get home. And Miss Simpson stops her saying, Jesse, this time I'm going with you. But I don't understand this narrative here. Like telling this girl that her grandfather killed a man when... That is clearly not what happened. I don't get it. Is that what she believes? She thinks that this is Samuel's fault. Okay. But, like, he wouldn't know that the parachute is broken or whatever. No. Like, that's dumb. He's protecting his people on his but on his plane or whatever. If she really does believe that, then why does she have a photo of the man she believes killed her fiancé <laughs> in her house anyway? Gosh, that's really bad. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good, you know, and and it does seem like she's making the case that Gramps knew what he was doing, which would make yeah. him a murderer, right? Which by this point, which I would think would make her at least at some point want to have a conversation with him about, you know, <laughs> so the man, yeah. her fiance. My thing too is that it's not like she was in the plane when it all went down, so I don't even know how she would even get that. I think it's possible that he knew. It's such a loose story. Yeah, I, it I is. Like it, it. it doesn't work. It's not, like you said, it's it's real loose. The anagogic readings told her yeah. that he did it on purpose. <laughs> we cut back over to Grandpa Samuel. He's just chilling in the kitchen, eating a giant ladle of beans. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> As old people do. Yeah, just eating beans. <laughs> That was always like in cartoons, like if there was ever a situation where like a cartoon character was poor or something, he would always have like the beans over the fire. Yes, it's exactly like that. He's just, they're eating beans. I gotta say though, when I think of an old man with like suspenders on or whatever, I picture him eating a ladle of beans, so it works. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm an old man, I'm gonna just sit in my kitchen eating beans. Not even like a hot dog with it or something like it. You know, no, you, I don't even like beans, but I'm like, I'm old now. I got to do this. <laughs> we see the ghost of Jacob walking up behind him, who I'm going to refer to as Jacob from now on, right. who was previously John Browning, in case you're following us and you're like, what? Yes. We cut to the kids riding their bikes back and Miss Simpson's in her car back to the ghost walking up on dad. He's now right behind him and he closes his eyes like he's going to like inhabit his body or whatever. When in pops Jesse, she runs down the hall into the kitchen asking if he's okay. And Grandpa turns around saying, I'm fine. And Jesse tells him that Miss Simpson is here. And in runs Alex, followed by Miss Simpson. We see Grandpa fixing his hair. Once she walks in, the two just look at each other for a moment. And he says, hello, Sarah. And she says, Samuel. And then the scene cuts to Grandpa slamming down a cup, <laughs> saying, Jacob's back from the dead? <laughs> I agree he looked like Jacob, but really, where do you find this stuff? I always thought of you as a level-headed woman. No. <laughs> You don't think of her as level-headed when you just explained <laughs> no. to Jesse. No. You were talking shit about her to your grandchild. Like, you literally have never once said that. I always <laughs> thought that you were a, a level-headed woman and not one of those anagogic readings people. I just, I don't know where I would get that. You were some quack. <laughs> we look over at Miss Simpson and she says, What may I ask is keeping your feet planted firmly on the ground ever done for you, you old goat. Gramps gets up saying, at least I'm not the laughing stock of the whole town. Sheesh. And we zip over to the stairs where Alex and Jesse are, are just, of course, sitting there. And at this point, I'm like, does Alex have a family? 
<laughs> no, she's just there all the time. <laughs> Nobody cares where she is. <laughs> she just lives there, apparently. I also think that they're they're trying to set up that Gramps and Simpson have like this um, romantic tension. Oh, yeah. Because they fight like they're married. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so they're in love for sure. So next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they fight like they just want to yeah. hook up. Basically. According to Jesse, they can't spend five minutes together without fighting. So she like goes to break it up or whatever. She motions to stand up, but then they hear the slam of a door. Now it says, too late. She's already gone. Now what? Jesse looks back at her and she says that the ghost has to go back at midnight. All we have to do is protect Grandpa until then. And she walks down the stairs past Alex, giving her a pat on the back. Now, this is probably my favorite part. We switch to the living room. It's nighttime now and Gramps is sleeping in a chair. Alex is laying on the couch watching the TV and she's watching Nosferatu yes. from the Tale of Midnight Madness. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. And that is nod. awesome. That was a great nod. I yeah. Know. I think even Brooks so says, is that cool. Nosferatu? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I stop and go back all the time anyway, but yeah, I was like, that's definitely Nosferatu. Nosferatu should have just came out of the TV and just... Just got rid of all of them. Just said, that I solved everybody's problems. Yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah. And then it should have showed, then it could have been the end. I would have been like, <laughs> okay, that was great. Yeah, 10 out of 10 episodes. <laughs> well, we cut up to Jesse, who's up in Grandpa's old room, the room that was previously for rent. And she opens up that basket from earlier in the episode that popped out of the closet. And she looks at the pictures in there, and she sees one of Sarah Simpson about to smooch her grandpa when they were young. And it says, I will love you forever. Sarah on it. <laughs> well, the, the anagogic readings didn't see that coming. Right. They didn't see what happened. <laughs> yeah. Did she not see that I coming? Was surprised that this was meant to be some kind of twist or right. revelation. Right. It is very clearly just what's going on. <laughs> yeah. More yeah. exposition. <laughs> this is now happening. <laughs> this is like something that my mom would watch like on Lifetime like oh yeah you know, it's exactly. about how these, these old lovers reconnect it's really wonderful and I'm like right no child is going to care about the love interest of like a 60 70 year old man no, no. 100% not <laughs> and Miss Simpson is so unlikable and is really the cause of the whole debacle <laughs> she's just a little trickster <laughs> and like. her response is oh this is wonderful I was you know I, I've been so bored it's been 50 years since anybody's really you know maybe she just it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Like, now I'm being fought over again. It's so wonderful. Yeah. So so you're going to tell me that Sam went home one day and was like, okay, it's I'm up this week for the Midnight Society. I got to come up with a good story. I know. A bunch of old people. This is just a story about her grandma. <laughs> and her. And, 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 her, and she's in it as the volunteer. <laughs> This this is my card to Grandma. This is my letter to Grandma, actually. You should have told the story to Grandma. Dear Grandma, you're the best. The tale of the... <laughs> you mean to tell me you think Frank and Kiki... And you're, you're going to sit there in the in the circle. You know, Betty Ann, who I think was the That's best... That's why she didn't say nothing. Look, the best, Betty Ann's the best storyteller, but she's also one of the nicest kids in the group. Yeah. Betty Ann would yeah. not say anything. That would have been her actual reaction. Kiki and Frank would have ripped Sam to shreds the whole way home. <laughs> over. Back with Alex and Gramps, we get some, like, spooky music, and we look behind Grandpa to see that Jacob's ghost is walking towards him. Back with Jesse, she opens up an old book, and she sees the obituary for Jacob and some notes or whatever. Back with Gramps, Jacob gets close behind him, and he starts glowing all blue, and Alex doesn't pay attention to any of that because she's watching Nosferatu, so I don't blame her. Back with Jesse, she says, Man, oh man, oh man. She gets up, and she walks downstairs. <laughs> And we see that Alex is still watching Nosferatu, but the chair where Grandpa was sitting at was empty. So Jesse calls out for Grandpa, saying that she found the journal, 
and Alex looks over. She sees the empty seat and asks where he went. And Jesse tells her that she was supposed to watch him. Then the phone rings. Jesse picks it up and it's Miss Simpson who asks her why her grandpa is standing outside of her house. <laughs> and Jesse stares wide-eyed at nothing, not answering her for a moment. And then she says, we'll be right there. And Alex asks what's going on. Jesse says that she thinks the ghost got grandpa. Let's go. <laughs> Let's deal with this. So the ghost has finally actually like successfully did what he's been trying to do for the past 12 hours, which is right. get into grandpa's. And have it grandpa's body. And, ha- and he still makes no attempt at acting normal when he actually has, the- <laughs> he's got the perfect disguise. Yes. As grandpa, and he's just going to stand there. Staring yeah. like a murderer yeah. into the window. I love that Miss Simpson's reaction, instead of just saying, hey, well, like, what's up? What are you doing out there? Is to call Jesse on the phone. Like, he's Be like, what's your grandpa doing? <laughs> I don't know. Ask him. <laughs> that would be what would happen. You guys are two adults. Like, you don't actually need us <laughs> yeah. in this equation. Figure this out. <laughs> I'm eight. Like, I can understand, like, if Grandpa had lost his mind, like, five years ago. Right, right. It's just, we're just, like... We're all just kind of maintaining We're, we're all just maintaining safety. Grandpa, yes, his safety. <laughs> but no, no, this child is his guardian, Grandpa's obviously. put together, he can make good signs, he can do all these things. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, um... Take ghost money. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I, I will, we're here. But I will say, that was this another... That was, like, I think, for me, the... Se- okay, there's another kind of creepy moment. Yeah. So it was the ghost yeah. when he pops in, and then Gramps standing and outside. And then murder Grandpa. Like Norman Bates' Grandpa. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back over with Sarah Simpson. She gets a knock on the door, so she opens it up, and in walks Grandpa. And Miss Simpson's like, Samuel? But he just keeps walking in. So she closes the door, and she looks at him, and he turns around to look at her. And then he says, I've missed you, Sarah. She's all like, Jacob? <laughs> and then the kids make their way into Miss Simpson's house and bust inside. And Jesse, she starts running to her grandpa, but he tells her to stay away. So Jesse tells him that he's, she's not going to let him hurt her grandpa. And Jacob's ghost possessing grandpa's body says her grandfather will live and his spirit will return to the light in his place. So he's not going to live. <laughs> no, that's the opposite of living. <laughs> and yeah, that's where we get to whatever in this particular universe for the story, the idea of the afterlife. And I'm like, yeah. what is going like, on? What rules there? have yeah. they decided on? And is it yeah. just really boring? Is it just like, yeah, we just kind of sit here. Kinda... <laughs> you want to go back? I mean, you just got to wait until the night. You got <laughs> to wait till I nine just o'clock. Like this. Okay, so he looks at Sarah and he says, and then you and I can be together again because they were, you know, fiance or whatever but like you're gonna possess an old ass man and you're gonna be like all right i got another five years left like you're gonna be dead again soon anyway (laughs) right and why not a spry young chap yeah you know that miss simpson would be like okay well heck you know this is nice (laughs) you're gonna be like a chunky old man (laughs) that eats beans oh god yeah Jesse calls out for her grandpa, and Sarah gets up, pulling her back, saying, Jesse, don't. That's not your grandfather. And then she pleads with Jacob not to do this, but he says that he treated me out of a life, so it's his fault that I died. It's only fair that I should live through him. And Jesse pipes up, saying, it wasn't his fault that he tried to save him, but, you know, that he wrote about it in his journal. And Sarah asks, what journal? And Jesse pulls out that journal, saying, Grandpa's journal. Listen, the engine caught fire, the cockpit filled with smoke. I gave the order to bail out. We were missing one parachute. Only Jacob and I were left. He didn't know there was only one chute. So I lied and said that I would follow him. 
And Jesse hands the journal to Jacob, and he looks at it, reading the rest of the story. Jacob knew he wouldn't have gone, and I didn't want us both to die. Somehow I landed the plane and survived. What unbearable agony it was to find that Jacob's shoot had failed and he was dead. It should have been mm-hmm. me. He closes How the book. How convenient. He <laughs> yeah. writes his alibi in his journal. So detailed. If I did it, the Grandpa Samuel story. <laughs> My thoughts go to this afterlife, the light. So, so Jacob dies, and whether it's God or what, they don't tell him, okay, so here's actually what happened. They yeah, just, right. He's led to believe in the light the whole time. That just sitting there stewing. You got screwed over by Gramps. Yeah. Or his actual name was Samuel. Sorry, just call him Gramps. Yeah. I'm, in my mind, he's been Gramps since he was 20. Okay, Gramps. <laughs> <laughs> well, he closes the book, as Jesse says that he tried to save you, and Jacob gets all wide-eyed. He hands the journal back saying, I didn't know. And Sarah's all, oh, Samuel. Then the clock strikes midnight, and the blue spotlight comes out. Jacob's ghost inhabiting Grandpa Samuel steps into the light as Jesse yells for him to stop. And he says, oh, Sarah, we could be together again. But Sarah steps up saying, oh, Jacob, I didn't get the chance to tell you, but it was Samuel I really loved all this time. I've hated him for something he never did. Way to kick him while he's dead. I know. That's what I thought. I just think that he he had went through all this trouble to hear Simpson say, I, I didn't. I didn't love you. I mean, I know. <laughs> I all get, this I work. Did, I didn't get the chance to tell you. I didn't get a chance to write a letter. Or golly. By the way, I don't love you. <laughs> this is just bad communication all around that leads to poltergeisty conclusions. <laughs> like at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he just killed Grandpa Samuel out of like spite. Yeah. Right. Like, look, you put me through a lot here. <laughs> because, well, and and again, another problem with this episode is that that was a real letdown. Like. I don't think that the lift was enough. No. Um, I don't think the resolution was as encouraging. I I walked away from this episode still feeling bad for Jacob. Yeah. He doesn't get any good out of this. This was probably bad for him to have done. (laughs) No. He's still dead, and his fiance still walked out on him. Yeah. He doesn't get anything. Yeah. And then he gets back to the light, and they're probably just looking at him like, God, well. We're rooting for you. Was it worth it? (laughs) I mean, was it worth it? (laughs) Yeah, they're like, you should, probably should have used that to go check in on your family. And he's, well, yeah. like, well, you only get one chance. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back down. <laughs> well, Jesse asks him again to let him go because he was your friend. And Sarah adds in, you know, to save his life like he tried to save you. And then Grandpa's body slumps to the ground as Jacob ghost, Jacob's ghost like leaves it, stays in the blue light. Jacob tells Sarah he always loved her. And then he floats up in the sky asking them to thank Samuel for him. All three girls run over to Samuel. They wake him up, and he asks what's going on and how he got there. And Jesse asks if he's okay, and he's like, I don't know. What's going on? And Sarah tells him. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's, like that's probably him all the time. In true old man fashion. What's what's going on around here? Yeah, you're right. I know. Just all the time. Where am I? <laughs> Sarah tells him that she thinks it's a new star, and we look over at Jesse and Alex, who smile at each other, and that's the end of the episode. Ew. Oh, man. <laughs> we come back over to the campfire with Sam, who says Grandpa Samuel and Miss Simpson renewed their love affair, proving that it's never too late for true love to be rekindled. The end. Kiki says it's a good story, and Betty Ann says that it's sad that they lost so many years together. And Sam tells her that they say nothing is ever lost. It just comes back in a different kind of way. Oh, shit. Gary stands up. He declares the meeting of the Midnight Society closed mean? and dumps right. the water on the fire. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just like, oh, no, it's okay. 
I just remember hearing Sam say that and go, I was like, oh, shut up. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, they got, like, a couple years tops. That's like when you tell somebody something that's really depressing and they don't know how to empathize with you and they just say, like, well, it's, it's going to be all right, you know, just ride the wave. It'll work out. Yeah. Well, Sam pops up saying, and I got to get this letter to the mail later. And she walks away as all the other kids stand up and they walk away to leave, too. And that's the end of the episode. You know what? Going into this episode... The ones that I never remember anything of are usually the ones that I aren't as good as other episodes. Funny sure. how that works out. I didn't really mind this episode, but it's not one that I think I would choose to watch again. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was strong. I agree. This isn't the one that people are like, oh, tell the room for rent, you know. But when Gary douses the fire and ends the uh, meeting and they, they file out, somebody says, oh, against Ari. And I was like, hey, whatever. You're just saying that. You don't want Sam <laughs> to feel like crap. Sam had to emotionally bring her grandma in to keep you guys from saying it was a sucky story. <laughs> it's true. They couldn't say anything because it was about her grandma. <laughs> Sam, Sam emotional manipulator. <laughs> I love it. I like the idea of a story about World War II ghosts or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> like, that's that's cool. But, I don't know. the Like, the drama between the three adults... I wasn't invested in at all. Yeah, I feel the same. Thought that Gramps was just um, bumbling and just your your run of the mill. Are you afraid of the dark adult that doesn't give the kids any credence? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Miss Simpson is just she's annoying. She's a trash person. Unlikable. Yeah. Yeah. She's not. Li- and I don't think that they really redeem her at all. Mm-mm. And no. <laughs> Jacob just gets screwed. Yeah. I know. Poor Jacob. I mean, it's really just a lifetime movie. Plus some kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought and like that... shave off an hour. Like <laughs> And I thought that Jesse was a little too two dimensional. She was a she was just like, Oh, Jesse's the perfect kid. Yeah, she just needed to be there. Yeah. And you had a, a kid who was pretty spunky and, and fun to watch, but she was more of a you know, Alex, but she wasn't enough to lift all that. I could have just watched her take shots the entire episode and that would have been Because yeah. that moment right there <laughs> was so great. great. Like What's a girl like you doing in a place like this? Like, it was just, it was lovely. <laughs> and also, to be fair, I was, Grandpa was right in that he said, I have a good judge of character, even though Jacob was super, super, like, weird. He kind of was right, because it was his old best friend. Yeah. So, I was Except for like, the part Aw. where he was going to kill him. Right. I was like, your best friend might hate you now, but, like, maybe originally you had a good judge of character. <laughs> Do you think that Grandpa got to keep that ghost money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Afterlife currency. Yeah. <laughs> He'll need it soon. I guess it's like uh, if you leave the light, it's your per diem. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so moral of the story. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Don't trust ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> fair. That is a fair. That's system. like always the moral of the story, though, for ghosts. I think for me, and it wasn't even um, it wasn't even what Sam originally said that the moral was, which was, you know, if you do what you got to do or you might not get a second chance to do it. For me, it was. Uh, I just think if you don't love somebody, you should just tell them. You should just be honest yeah. about your feelings. Yeah. With Communication people. is key. Because the the, yeah, the that's ta- beautiful. I guess. The, the tale <laughs> the tale of this story is uh, the tale of how Miss Simpson is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> she created Such a trash, and she created so. And I guess in in a serious <laughs> moment, just you really do create a lot of strife if you're not honest. Yeah. Because she was like a garbage fire. Like her entire existence was just a trash disaster. She just wants drama. I know. And that's why she's a daggum yeah. ang- angolago, whatever the heck. 
she's a <laughs> what was it anagogic anagogic well i think we should come up with some better names for the, the tale of the room for rent that name sucks yes let's come up with some better names uh, okay. oh yes I think an obvious one, the tale of the anagogic reading. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the tale of the lonely ghost. Oh. oh. Ah. <laughs> mm. That poor Jacob. Yeah. No. The tale. Oh, no, the tale of the of the the, sla- the slacks, yeah, right? The tale of the man in the slacks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like that. I yeah. do. <laughs> the tale of the murderous grandpa. Yes. <laughs> I know, right? The tale of the horrible, uh, I don't know, it's, it's about Miss Simpson. Something yeah, something about Miss Simpson. <laughs> the tale of the horrible liar woman. The tale of the devil. The, de- <laughs> the tale of the de- Just short and sweet, keep it simple. I like it. <laughs> this is a fun episode to I make fun of. I can't think of one for it, but like the tale of eating beans in the kitchen. I don't know. <laughs> I know, seriously. Just old man eating beans. The tale of gramps and beans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I know you guys know what's coming up next, but Brandon doesn't. You ready to know what's coming up next, Brandon? Yes. What is it? What is it? Okay. Season four, episode nine, The Tale of the Ghastly Mm. Grinner. Yeah. I feel really Mm. bad. Okay. I'm going to spoil a little bit, Brandon. This one is like next to Zeebo for people, honestly. Really? So I feel really bad that Toby and Brooke (laughs) 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 could come on for this one. No, this is no like, ah, the creme to the creme of season four is next. One episode Brooke. before we <laughs> we've had an absolute blast. You guys have, and we will be listening yeah. for Gasly Grinner and and writing in. <laughs> we, we, no, really, in all seriousness, it's been a real honor to be on the show. We've really enjoyed it. Yes, we love you guys. Oh, yeah, our pleasure. We had a lot of fun too. But Brandon, what do you think that the tale of the Gasly Grinner is going to be about? Hmm, I think it's. Do you remember the Black Hole Sun music video? I remember the oh, song. Yeah. I don't so think I've Soundgarden, seen it right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, I think pretty iconic it's one. Some weird monster that makes your face contort into a twisted, weird smile. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. Cool. I like it. We'll have to see next week if that's what that's all about, huh? Well, guys, I think we're going to be wrapping this one up, but. Toby and Brooke, you guys have a podcast, too, called The Tape Store. Yes. I personally love your podcast. You guys talk about lots of 80s and 90s stuff. Yeah. This week you did The Labyrinth, which is something that me and Brandon touched on. So I'm super excited to take a listen to that. But yeah, tell us about it. Yeah. So um, Brooke and I, we were just, uh, we had a weekend where we didn't have the kids. We were, we had been out all day and we were just talking so much about just nostalgia and because we were always thrifting for 80s and 90s stuff yeah, anyway. Yeah, we, we would do that anyway. We would we would thrift for 80s and 90s oh, yeah. stuff. We we loved the shows from Snick, uh, but also just there was a lot of great stuff. That, you know, Nintendo games, TV shows, movies, yeah. just in general. Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to cover like Zelda and stuff. While we were talking, Brooks was like, uh, "Brooks." While we were talking, <laughs> Brooks was you. like, uh, "You know, <laughs> why don't we do a podcast? You know, that would be fun to do. You know." People are doing that, and yeah. at the time we were really talking a lot about "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Yeah, but but there was so much other stuff that we loved mm-hmm. during that time that we we wanted to be able to really have that whole scope. And there are people, you know, like you guys. You guys are doing it so well, and and we were like, yeah, we didn't want to. Um, well, well, that's already being done. We that's already being to... done. It's being done well. Yeah, and, you know, and and we can still touch on "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" and do things "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" esque. You have also... to hear from my lawyers, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we want to be. We wanted to be able to jump into things like Nintendo. We wanted to be able to jump into things like uh, Saved by the Bell, which we've had a lot of fun doing. Oh, yes. We have these back to Bayside 
every four or five episodes. Yeah. We like to, I, you know, like maybe once. I gotta a say, an episode. I never, I never grew up liking Saved by the Bell, but I really enjoy your right. episodes about them. <laughs> oh oh thanks, yay, yeah, thanks. yeah. <laughs> um, it was my fa- it was again it was like my favorite afternoon show as a kid. I mean, Are You Afraid of the Dark was the number one, oh, yeah. but Saved by the Bell was like right up there with it. But yeah. so. Talking also about favorite toys, kids' meal toys, cereal toys, oh, just things the that were nugget, yes, <laughs> right, yes. things that were so wonderful. I feel like during that time, it's just they just don't do it like they used to now, and you and, don't really think about it until something reminds you of, it and you're like, yeah. oh my god, yes, right. I remember that. So yeah. that's kind of what we hope the tape store does. Yeah, for and we call it everybody the t- else, and we call it the tape store because when I was a kid, my mom would call the video rental stores she would call them tape stores i love that so I think that's so lovely oh my gosh it's great just yeah. it's it's a lot of nostalgia each week if you're into the 80s if you're into the 90s you know give us a listen and i found you guys on uh instagram and i love you guys' posts on instagram because whenever you guys go to the thrift store and stuff you always take a picture of yeah. like all your haul and stuff and where can they find you on um instagram and twitter yeah so you can find us on instagram at the tape store yeah just, just we're just the tape store. we're just the tape store Okay. On Twitter, we're the Tape Store Pod. Yes. All right. Uh, we're more active on Instagram. We both have full time jobs. We, we have kids. Oh, yeah. You know, we we do. We wish we could do this all the time. I yes, that's I'm sure fun. you guys sure, do yeah. too. Um, but we have more fun on Instagram. Yeah, uh, I'm. And I find, like Instagram better just because it's. Uh, yeah, it's more interactive. And, and more we fun. find that you can be more interactive. Like yeah. we met you guys on Instagram, and you guys were just really welcoming. We were starting a podcast, and you guys spent so much time. Just saying, hey, you might want to think about doing this. You might want to think about doing that. You gave us some great advice. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've invested in us right away, so we're so appreciative. And that's yeah, just really yeah. cool. It's And it's it's a great little community of the, the, the 80s, 90s group that you find like on Instagram. A, a lot of the people yeah. we've met have been really great yeah. and welcoming yeah. and all that stuff. I definitely love your Instagram. Seeing those pictures is pretty awesome. So you can follow us at the tape store. Uh, we do want to get, we do have some merch coming soon. So that's something Ooh. we're going to really uh, share probably over the next couple weeks. Yeah. And that's going to be really exciting. So thank you so much, Toby and Brooke. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. <laughs> I had a lot of fun today. Yeah. You know, thanks for having yeah. us. And you know, we, this has just been a lot of fun. Um, and any excuse to go back into the, are you afraid of the dark universe? Yes. We will jump on that. So whether it's for a great episode or, or, this. or, or like the room this. for rent, what about slacks <laughs> or a beans episode, a beans level episode, beans and slacks. That's uh, it. That's yeah. all you need. Or it's the grandpa eating beans in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's okay. all great. It's all good. Honestly, a lot of times we have more fun with the crap episodes. So, well, you guys, I've been up all night. I'm going back to sleep. I'm tired. I'm sure you guys are too. Yeah. Our children are waiting. Our children are waiting for them to, uh, to be released. To be released. Yeah, mine is too. <laughs> but thank you so much again, Toby and Brooke, for coming on the show. And yeah. Brandon, I will talk to you next week with the tale of the ghastly grinner. All right. I'll be there. Thanks, guys, for having us. Thanks. Bye, you guys. Bye.